0: This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at
1: patreon.com
0: slash Red Bull Rant.
1: The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome my friends. So the show never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of Espen Houston and Once in Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico.
1: I'm Pat McDonald. And this is episode two thirty-four, Royer Holiday.
0: Yeah. Uh, he deserves one after all the work he's been putting in.
1: Okay. No, actually don't don't ever give him a holiday ever no, for the rest no. of the season.
0: No. Please as don't. a guy as a guy who was working a lot, no, don't give him a holiday. Um, <laughs> So if you're wondering where Truman is, he is getting the band back together, and I yeah. just literally,
1: <laughs> literally getting the band back together. Yeah, he's gonna be doing his uh, music. I think it's um, I think it's reggae, uh, hip hop fusion. If I know Truman correctly, that that's the band that
0: that's, and, and with, with some notes of jazz thrown in.
1: Yeah, just a little bit, a little hint of jazz. That that I believe is the type of music that uh, Truman used to participate in. So. Yeah. Uh, he is
0: working on that right now. Yeah. And the bakery let me go for the night, so there you go. That's why I'm back. There you go. I I should be done, I think, two weeks, and I will be done with the bakery for a, a while.
1: There you go. So, almost well, there.
0: The scones are almost done. Yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel isn't the oven. Yeah, It, it, it is the real world. <laughs> and I did not mean that in a bad way. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, good news. The Red Bulls win again. Uh, I think this is like the fifth. Let me look at, my, at this thing here. Uh, fourth MLS game in a row, and I think five overall? Yes. No, six overall, if you include the Open Cup. There you go. So that's uh, a pretty good stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Royer, I mean, two more goals. That's four in two weeks for him.
1: Yeah, uh, Danny Warrior is very quickly, uh, working his way to folk hero status, uh, the way he's been playing as a void. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we look back to 2017, like, man, remember that stretch of play Royer had? You know, and let's just hope he keeps going for sure.
0: And then right, Phillips with another goal, which you said right before we started, it looked like he was off sides, but I hadn't yeah. looked at the. Yeah, I just want I just,
1: I, I, Hey, look, it's it's on the board. That's all that matters. But it, it's yeah. in the, like, like looking at it just now, it looks like he was off sides.
0: Hey, it's in the net. It counts. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, and then I can't say his name because I haven't mentioned it much before. Pretty sure I'm going to screw it up. Michael Murillo. I think that's yes. correct. Uh, with his first goal. Of the year,
1: he is. Yeah, welcome to welcome to RBNY, Michael Miro
0: Yeah, uh, he he's Panamanian international, right? Like he was waiting for the gold cup, and then came back and got put in the lineup.
1: Yeah, he was a uh, yeah. Okay. yeah and he scored probably one of the easiest goals you'll ever get. Just kind of dropped right in front of him with a wide open net, and uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> Which uh, I think Aaron Law actually missed, if I'm not mistaken. Like. Aaron Long
1: actually had two misses in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm Aaron blocked. Long. The one, was,
0: the one was blocked, right? It was blocked on the line, but the one I think, I think
1: this one was blocked too, uh, and then the rebound fell to Morillo, and he had thought, a nice easy tap I in.
0: Thought Long whiffed on this one that Morillo scored. Morello so, threw the away. Uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, I watched it just now. I'm pretty sure Long got on it, but uh, it's possible he whiffed, and I was just wasn't paying the close attention.
0: Well, all that really matters is the Red Bulls formation. Which is either five two three or three four three. Depending on how I look at it, did a really good job. Three six but, one. if you want to call it at this point, yeah. did a really good job of playing high pressure oh, yeah. offense like this. This mm-hmm. stretch, uh, I would say, from San Jose on, this is the type of play we expect this team to be week in week out.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: It's finally starting to come through.
1: Oh, yeah. this, this is, uh, uh, It took long enough for them to get it right, but, yeah, this formation certainly has opened up uh, doors for this offense to thrive, and it's, uh really has been an exciting thing to watch, no doubt about that.
0: And we'll get to this later, but uh, they have probably their biggest test of the last few months coming up. Mm-hmm. Get to that. But as we do with all games that have happened, already. We do likes and dislikes. So, Pat, what did you dislike about this game? I guess Montreal.
1: There's not much to like dislike about the game itself. I guess the only thing I can really dislike is that, uh, you know, filming Forza Lucha earlier today the day wiped my ass out. So, about a half hour into the game, I had to conk out for about a 30 to 45 minute power nap uh, before com- concluding the game. And then I inadvertently blew the score to myself. Uh, I forget how this time. Uh, but uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. uh my, my. I wasn't DVRing the game. I just had it paused, and so something happened where I either accidentally sat on the controller or there was a power fritz, or whatever. So when I turned it back on, it went to what was live. So I had to rewind through, and basically I could see what the score was, what happened. But uh, so that's that's my dislike because there's nothing really about the game itself that you can dislike.
0: Yeah. um Red Bulls just, I, I mean, there was like this was a. If you were looking for any game in the Red Bulls to be a complete game victory, mm-hmm. forget the score line. Just, forget the score line. They, if I told you this game ended zero zero and showed you the highlights, you would still think this is the Red Bulls how they should have played all year. Oh yeah. So I mean, absolutely. This is good that we're seeing. Hopefully, it'll continue. Um but let's talk about likes. What did you like the most about this one? Um,
1: you know, I, I think I'm just going to like the, the fact that this team is getting shots on it. because I mean, you know, they scored four goals, but they had a hell of a lot of shots, a lot of close calls. Where they, I mean, they were bombing, uh, you know, the Montreal goalkeeper all game. And, you know, it, it's, this is not something we had really seen. And, and it's obviously paying dividends. I mean, now have four goals uh, in this match and it, you know, if not for a few key saves, it could have been more. Um, so, I mean, I, I that you just got to love the play overall. Um, how they're just offensively ticking right now, and it's just paying complete and utter dividends. I mean, uh, guys like Alex Mule, Mule, uh, Alex Mewheel. I keep forgetting that his name has changed. His, uh, um, you know, he's he's playing well. I mean, there really isn't a sore spot in this team you can pick on right now, um, and it's it just. It's It's wonderful to see the new life breathe into this team.
0: Yeah, and as you you are mentioning the shots, I went to go look it up. Red Bulls, 25 shots, Montreal, 5. And that's total. 11 of those for the Red Bulls were on target. So, well, it's like almost half of shots that we had in this game. Yeah. We were literally one and a half shots away from being 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleven out of twenty-five on target is an impressive number, considering how bad we were at getting shots on target earlier in the year.
1: Oh, absolutely,
0: and, and it's kind of funny. I'm looking, so I'm looking at this at the stat page. If you didn't know anything about the game, and I told you that these two categories: duels won, Montreal led fifty-two to thirty-seven; mm-hmm. tackles one, Montreal led nineteen to eight. Mm-hmm. Would you have imagined a four-nothing scoreline for the Red Bulls?
1: Oh no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, not not no least, but hey, all that matters is that goal, line, that score line at the end. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, so I think that's kind of telling that Montreal wasn't exactly shying away from stuff, and the Red Bull still took it to them. And so that's gonna be my like: is despite having some bad stats that they should have won as a high pressure team, they still did what a high pressure team supposed to do. So, I mean. I know I'm, I'm gushing, and earlier in the year, I'm like, this team can't win a game to save his life, but mm-hmm. I, after three straight games of five. So, this is the fourth game, fourth MLS game where they finally scored two more, or more than two in a game. And now they've, they're actually scoring consistently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy.
1: So, uh, and, crazy thing, uh, they are now. In fifth place in the Supporters' Shield race, uh, I mean, they still got they got a game in hand on the, the guys at top Toronto, uh, and they are eight points behind. So, I mean, I'm just saying we've seen this story before and how is that how it ended. But you know, it's a quite an impressive turnaround in recent weeks for this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I think I think the standings kind of show parity because. If this was like, say, English Premier League, twenty-two games into the season, you wouldn't be this close to the, and being where the Red Bulls were, you wouldn't be this close to the leaders of the league. So, wow. mm-hmm. I think this kind of shows the the parity. And I mean, Red Bulls currently sit, uh, literally, if they win a game and everybody and the next three above them, they could be second place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or no, uh, they can't. Okay, they'd be top, They'd be third place. 'Cause they can right now they can't beat Chicago on tiebreakers, but we could literally jump to close to a top two spot after this week. That'd be sad. And I think um to the Cangielosi or Chefs of the best, like if we had if you pulled fans a month ago, mm-hmm. they were they would have been apocalyptic. And I think we kind of were. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, I don't know what it, what's been going on, but it's just something turned it around, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so prediction standings. Um, we all called it a win, and because you guys, I don't think, mentioned it last week, uh, for the Minnesota game, only Pat called the win correctly. Damn straight. So standings is now Truman in first with 14, Pat is in second with 11, and I am in third with six. I have yet to call a game correct completely. That'll do it. It would. Uh, So coming up, uh, the Red Bulls on Saturday will travel the arduous journey across the Hudson River to Yankee Stadium to take on New York City FC. The game is uh, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1 for those who can't make it to the stadium. Uh, Truman has given us his prediction. He's calling a 3-1 win for the Red Bulls. Uh, not that unsurprising, <laughs> considering these formable teams. So, Pat, what do you think is going to happen in the second installment of the Hudson River Derby?
1: Um, you know, I, I think uh, the Red Bulls certainly have turned a corner this season. I don't, I don't think that's uh, – there's not much debate about that. But, you know, let's be honest, they have been beating up on, uh, you know, bottom feeders, which is what good teams should do. Um, you know, there, there's certainly no question about that. But I mean, this is the toughest competition they're They're going to face in some, and it's been a while since they've uh, faced a quality opponent. I know NYCFC just got hammered, uh, by Toronto FC, but I mean, some things to consider is that, uh, I think Yango Herrera is coming back this week from, I think I read that somewhere. Um, and that means Pirlo will most likely will not start. Pirlo has uh, shown his age this season. Um, you know he's, he's just not as effective. And when he's in there, it hurts NYCOC. So, despite the fact that the Red Bulls and the NYCOC are coming from two opposite directions, four, four nothing win on our side, four nothing loss on theirs. Um, you know, the they, I do think this is going to be a closer game. I, I actually am expecting a draw. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Do you think it'll be an exciting back-and-forth match? Um, but I, I don't see the Red Bulls coming away with a win this weekend in the
0: Bronx. Sorry, what was the scoreline? 2-2. I'm, I'm not sure. I So I look at the Red Bulls' form, and I'm thinking, great, we're beating up teams we should. I look at New York City's, and they are, in their last five, two wins, two losses, and a draw. Two of those Mm -hmm. wins, or one of those wins was against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Then they lost at Vancouver, lost at Toronto, drew versus Toronto at home, and then beat Chicago at home. So it's like a mixed bag with them. I don't know what to expect. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I just, I think back to the Open Cup game with them, because... Remember the first half? The Red Bulls looked terrible and great. This was before the turnaround, but the Red Bulls looked terrible, couldn't do anything. And was it Herrera that got hurt in that game? Right? Was that was it Herrera the guy that got hurt in that game?
1: Uh, it's the Open Cup. You know, I don't pay attention to those things that much. Okay.
0: Well, somebody from NYCFC got hurt in that game, and at the end of the first half, and Royer came in, and it looks like the combination of two led to that one nothing victory. But I mean, as much as the Red Bulls have. Done better. I'm not sure they're going to be like seven-zero win territory. Like I, I, I'm afraid people are thinking that that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like we're not even. I can't even imagine four nothing happening again. Like that would just if it happens. Honestly, I'm going to throw in the towel at, at trying to predict anything this season because because oh. <laughs> if four nothing happens, then I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. I will say I do feel good enough that the. About the Red Bulls' chances, and I think they could come out of this with a victory, but I don't think it's going to be easy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if I were to go three, I'm not going to three one like you. But if I did, I would say it's like two one, and they they get a garbage time goal to make it three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it's going to happen either. I'm I'm saying two one. Okay. Because as much as the offense has been has been better. They are still susceptible on defense. There were a few. There were a few chances Montreal could have had, and they screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I think the biggest thing they have going for them is this new formation, which is compact. Like if you watched them against Montreal and really paid attention to where players were, they were mm-hmm. still mainly in the middle of the field. There wasn't like they went on the wings, but they generally on the defensive side were not spreading out. Right, and that actually plays into to set up Yankee Stadium because that field is not wide. No, no, no. Because the Yankees won't let them go on the infield. <laughs> so um, I think that the Red Bull style really does play into that that stadium and the fact that NYCFC likes to play out of the back. They don't – every once in a while they'll throw a long ball in there to keep you honest. But for the most part, you can really – if you really go with pressuring them, You'll hurt them like that's that's how we got seven nothing last year or the last year or the year before I don't remember at this point. Uh, but that's how we got seven nothing there is because we just absolutely destroyed them in terms of pressure. Mm-hmm. So if we can be even half of that, I think we're good. But New York City FC is better than it has been the last two years. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying two one. I don't think they're going to be a pushover given recent form. I they still they're still a threat. And the Red Bulls defense hasn't despite the fact that they've given they've had two straight shutouts, I still don't believe the defense is there yet. Yeah. And that's mainly because it's Minnesota and Montreal. I mean Minnesota is was on a like three like a two hundred something minute scoreless streak coming into the Red Bulls game. And it got to like three something before last week. So that three that, that zero against Mon- Minnesota isn't a lot, and Montreal it has not been great this year either. So, mm-hmm. I, I my concern is on the defensive side. I just not sure how it's going to play against uh, New York City because NYCFC has forty goals. Yeah, to, to this year, they are one of the top scoring teams in MLS. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're, at 30, we're at thirty-two, only because of a 5-1, a 3-0, and a 4-0. I mean, we had, what, that's 12 goals in the last three games mm-hmm. out of 32. So because of that, we're finally positive, by the way, in goal differential. Just, yeah. yeah. So I think it's still going to be tough. I, th- I think they have enough in them, especially considering that they are 4-6 and six on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year we had I think two wins all year on the road, and right now I think we are tied for most road wins in MLS. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. we're tied for second because LA has five, but we're tied for second for most road wins in MLS, and that's not an easy thing to do. So, no, not at all. I, I, so I do have some confidence. I just think it's going to be a hard game. I'm saying two one because I don't think, um, I don't think New York City is going to go down easy. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, after NYCFC, the Red Bulls were supposed to play in the Open Cup. And I say supposed to because that game got moved. Uh, okay. Last last night, FC Cincinnati beat Miami FC in the Open Cup uh, quarterfinals. So that means that we will now travel to FC Cincinnati on August 15th. I don't know why the date was changed. I look at their their schedule, and there seems to be no conflict, but... U.S. Soccer is going to be U.S. Soccer, I guess. I don't know. Um, so we will talk more about the game next week when Truman's here because at least then we'll have somebody to talk to. <laughs> yep. So I,
1: I, I, will, I will say this much. is If uh, you're thinking of traveling to an Open Cup game, I think this would be a fun one to go to. I, I, I do believe that. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the one thing that I do like about the Open Cup is for the ability for USL and ESL teams uh, to test themselves against MLS squads, and apparently that fan base is tremendous. Uh, so, you know that that is the one thing I will say positively for sure about this that I think it would be a fun game to go to, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, that being said, I still don't care about the result. <laughs> <laughs> no one is going to yeah, convince I mean, me, No one is going to convince me that an Open Cup trophy is the cure to all of our championship woes. It it, it just isn't. <laughs>
0: So for whatever it's worth, uh, FC Cincinnati leads USL in total attendance and average attendance. Mm-hmm. They average 20000 a game. Yeah. So that should be a good atmosphere. Yeah. All right. So on the dumping ground, um, I have nothing to talk about because I didn't watch the All-Star game, so I have zero interest in that right now. And uh, It was so a
1: boring long, so. game. It was a boring game. That's really all you can say about it. Uh,
0: I mean, that seems to be most all their games. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, when you got a, you know, out of form European side uh, and an MLS side that's been practicing together for what, like three days, uh, there's really not much to expect.
0: Yeah. So, but so I think you have a few items you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, uh, first, uh, I guess the first, the big news today was that, uh, NASL, or uh, I think it may have been Miami, uh, FC, and, of NASL and the Kingston Stockade at the NPSL have filed a suit in the Court of Arbitration to force promotion and relegation on U.S. soccer, um, uh, and MLS for that matter. Uh, you, you know, I, I'll just, you know, first I'm going to quote Benjamin Franklin in something that he said about religion because I think it kind of uh, <laughs> so it kind of relates
0: here. I mean, I mean, I guess you can say sports is a type of religion at some point. So. And,
1: and, and, and the pro-rel's crowd are, shall we say, very religious. And Benjamin Franklin said, when a religion is good, I conceive, conceive it will support itself. And when it does not support itself, and God does not take care to support it so that its professors are obliged to call on the help of the civil power, in this case the court of arbitration, Uh, It is a sign, I apprehend, of it being a bad one. Um, Now, look, I do think the soccer landscape in the United States now is healthier, and I think it could pull off promotion and relegation. That being said, if it really was the cure-all, if it really would be what would bring in all the money, I think then billionaires would be lining up to form a league that had it, and they're not doing that, and you know, and, and so if they're not doing it, then that goes to me, tell me that maybe it really isn't the way, Uh I, you know, and I, if it happens, I'm I'm okay with that. I think for the Red Bulls, actually, it may be beneficial to have ProRail because I think Red Bull, uh, Red Bull, uh, Incorporated, whatever the hell they are, I, I think they would know how to operate in that system better than the closed system now and it's possible that without those restraints they would bring in better players uh, I could be wrong that at the same time they could be uh, the team that just tries to get by and will be battling for relegation every year um, you know uh, but it's it just I've said this before and I'll say it again if you want promotion and relegation get the people to invest in it get them to start it up because everyone says well uh, you need that sanction from soccer Look, you know who's going to decide who gets sanctioned in soccer? The television networks. If there's a pro-rail pyramid hitting soccer, the television networks are going to broadcast that league. And if they do that, MLS is going to be like, hey, we want in on this. you know. So if it's going to happen in this country, well, that's how it's going to happen. And I'm not going to say it's never going to happen. I, I would not be shocked if in our lifetimes it does happen. But it, forcing it down people's throats, I just don't think is the way to go. I think you got to show that it works. You show that... Um it makes the the product more attractive, uh the game more attractive. If you do that, then it will spread. Uh but just forcing it because your butt hurt, uh it's not it, that doesn't fly with me. And I, I think you would see investment in many of the MLS clubs if it was forced, uh go away. Uh, I mean it's possible owners would swoop in to take the place of others that that wanted to sell, but um you know, I just don't see promotion relegation it being forced as it being the way to go by any stretch of the imagination.
0: So I kinda of fun I find it funny because I first off I hadn't heard about this until today. So I literally am looking this up now.
1: Well I think it happened today,
0: so well okay, yeah. So SBI posted the story seven hours ago. But like I was at work and Twitter and I have an access. Anyway, so I find it funny for two reasons. One Kingston Stockade is semi-professional. Mm-hmm. So, do they even have the money to possibly get promoted anyway? Like, if they got promoted out of NPSL, yeah. say USL, do so yeah. they have the money to support themselves? Because that, honestly, that's the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Is that the money in the lower levels isn't there to support the movement up to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, second, and I think this is kind of funny, or more funny I should say, so this is a article that was linked to on the SBI article about the ProREL, apparently um, Ricardo Silva, who owns Miami FC, Mm -hmm. proposed a $4 billion TV rights deal for domestic and global distribution Mm -hmm. that was contingent on ProREL. MLS said that they right now contractually cannot talk about T V rights. I assume that uh since the run is until twenty twenty three right now, I think with the current contract according to this that I'm Sound guessing like that, ESPN yeah. Fox like part of the contracts with the T V series is that they wouldn't talk about right until like the finals years. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, right? If I'm locking myself in for ten years, I don't want you talking to anybody else. Um But and and this is and he So Dan Kornamanchi, who was the representative that spoke to SBI, said, also, we are not in a position, nor are we interested in engagement with the Silver on Supposal. I imagine the lawsuit is coming out of, isn't, like, just all of a sudden I want pro-rel. Like, if this guy has $4 billion to throw around on a TV rights deal, Mm -hmm. I mean, he obviously wants to make some money somewhere. Yeah. So if this isn't purely arduist, an, an altruistic, "I want pr- I, you know sock to be better" thing. I mean, I, granted, I guess that's the case for most people, but mm. still, like, you're gonna throw a four billion dollars run and then sue, and then this was July 24th that that article was posted. So you're talking a little over a week later. You're not gonna file a lawsuit to force it.
1: Yeah. And. Yeah, that- it seems like poor uh, strategy. I mean, I guess he just uh, just doesn't want to wait six years.
0: Poor optics. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, um, U.S. soccer actually has a waiver from FIFA for the system that we're that we have now. Yeah. Because FIFA does require promotion relegation. Yeah. But, but in order in order to allow the U.S. to grow soccer, they provided a waiver. To U.S. soccer and MLS to allow to basically say yes, you're free to not do pro well for for however long until I guess some point in time that they would review it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what they expect because what is the what what is the court of sport arbitration going to do? Uh, what is it, its purpose? No, what are they like? What, what are they going to be able to do?
1: I mean, I, I suppose if because it, uh, apparently it's like I suppose it's to, to get U.S. soccer to live by Concacaf and FIFA's rules, um, you know, it, it's I don't know. I mean, it, the thing is, I mean, they definitely the MLS certainly needed that waiver um, when they started. There was no way they were going to find forty te- start forty teams right from scratch uh, and have a an open system uh, from the get go. Um, and to be honest, the financial troubles they had that almost sunk the league. I think promotion and relegation would have sunk the league. Uh, again, I think the soccer landscape is far more healthier even than it was five years ago. Uh, just based, not even just based on the growth of MLS, but based on the growth of uh, second division and lower than that teams. I, I mean, you know, Didier Drogba right now is playing for a team in Arizona uh, where he's also, I believe, part owner. Um, you know, it, it's 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 growing that the passion is there and I do get to an extent, I get the interest of being a Kingston stockade fan and thinking maybe someday we can get the MLS, you know, if we play through, I get it. I really do get it. Uh That being said, I don't think Kingston stockade, I don't think it's a realistic dream for Kingston stockade, even if we did have an open system. And that's one of the things that I've also personally never really truly understood about promotion and relegation is, If you're one of those lower teams, like, is it – for me, a victory is championships. It's nothing more than that. It's championships. And, you know, some of these lower-level teams, it's not happening. You know, it's not happening when you have a 5,000-seat stadium in a suburb of upstate New York. Um, You know, so, you know, and and in terms of Silva, and for what it's worth, if Silva is willing or somebody is willing to throw a couple billion dollars – at the league in order to enact promotion and relegation, and no network is willing to match that. It's absolutely something that has to be considered. But I think if they're contractually obligated that they can't discuss that right now, I mean, that's the end of that. There's, you can't talk about it. I mean, you know, so in seven years, let's see, you know, seven years, somebody wants to say, here's six, seven billion dollars, you know, assuming whatever inflation is in six, seven years. Uh, and, You know, and uh, the ESPN, Fox, whoever doesn't want to come close to matching that, then you got to consider it. It's simple as that. Um, You know, so I've never been anti-ProRail, but I am very much anti-forcing it. Um, I I think that is a dangerous card to play, and – you know, it'll be interesting to see what the years come. And I, I, I got to admit, I think I lean towards someday we are going to see it in this country. I really do.
0: So do I. I mean, eventually, there's enough interest, it makes sense to go to it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I've been saying this for years. Like, right now, we do not have the finance, financial backing to support this. I mean, mm-hmm. like, when MLS goes and Allows lower league teams into MLS like Minnesota United or um, Toronto or Moscow or whatever. One of the conditions they have is to get a new stadium or, or have a stadium mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's certain assumptions have been made, mm-hmm. but stadiums aren't cheap. Nope. And you're not getting a stadium as a lower league. Te- you're probably not going to get a stadium as a lower league team unless you yeah. have some good backing.
1: Yeah, no. yeah, exactly.
0: And I mean, look how it's working out for Beckham's group. How long have they been supposedly into MLS? Yeah, it's what we're running on like year number five at this point. Yeah, and they haven't—they haven't even gotten the site that they've bought. Like they're still trying to buy land in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not easy. It's not e- especially after all these, uh, like the NFL, like after the Jets and Giants got their stadium. Uh, Atlanta, um, San Diego, like all like the current sports landscape doesn't support public funding anymore, at least not to the extent that you would want.
1: No, not, not in the least, yeah.
0: So, I mean, MLS realistically isn't even a top four sport right now in the United States. Mm-hmm. Attendance-wise, it is. I think attendance-wise it beats out both NBA and NHL, but they're also playing in lower capacity stadiums.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right we don't mls realistically doesn't bring the money in that we could go to a pub to um say the state of new jersey or the state of new york or whoever and get them to give us funding mm-hmm. it's gonna be a tough ask especially when there's so many states that are having problems keeping their budget going like you want to do pro like people want to do pro which is great but salaries lost revenue from going down Needing a stadium, needing TV deals for lower leagues, like all this stuff, like USL doesn't have a a standard TV deal right now. Yeah, Uh, I think I think they get like one game a week on ESPN three.
1: Yeah, I think
0: NASL like they don't have like a regular presence on TV.
1: Yeah, I think NASL has ESPN three deal. I I think that much, but I mean, like for example, Kingston Stockade playing a high school football stadium. You know, Uh, it's just like. I think it's to a point where M- MLS or tier one or whatever U.S. Uh, soccer would be, they can't afford to have a team playing in a high school football stadium in their league. It, it's just you can't do it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's aesthetically bad. It, it just it, it looks terrible. And it, it's like I, I think for some of these lower teams, and we've seen it in overseas in some of these lower teams, uh, you know, pushing for promotion would be financially ruinous. Uh, I, again, I, I think we're at a point where at, at least 40 teams, I think would survive, uh, and in, you know, pro rel being instituted. Uh, but I, I definitely think you'd see a lot of teams go by the wayside and some of them may be very well MLS teams. I mean, I, Columbus, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if they'll, they could survive pro rel. Uh, Colorado doesn't exactly seem to, uh, draw or put the great teams together. Um, you know, and it, to an extent, you could think, so what? I mean, I, you know, I think baseball kind of seems to finally have its shit together. But, I mean, there were years there where it would have been great to see, say, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Kansas City Royals get relegated because they weren't doing anything for a long period of time. Or, or basketball, the New York Knicks. Uh, sorry for all, my, all our Knicks fans, listeners. But they're terrible. <laughs> and, you know,
0: I mean, like- it, I, I, the the for some reason the example that comes to my mind is the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins now, yeah, they, yeah they won they won two World Series and then they immediately sold everybody off to, to cut yep. costs, and if granted if, if baseball actually pro well they wouldn't do that because then they would just they would be gone within a year or two, mm-hmm. but like we just but there's so much money that. The Marlins didn't have to worry. Even if, they did, even if there was real and all that stuff, there would still be so much money in baseball, they could have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the yeah. not there for us. Yeah. It's so, just not.
1: Yeah. So, I, I, again, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this, but, uh, like, ad nauseum now. Uh, but when you come right down to it, yeah, three of their eight more points, forcing it's not the way to go if you put the money behind it in the way Silva did with a television deal, maybe, it's or – It's not even a
0: television deal. It was just –
1: was Which, which did worry me. It's like, okay, then how are you going to get it? How are you going to broadcast it? That, that did worry me. I'll say that much. Um, you know, uh, but basically if it comes through, if the money comes through that matter, or if you establish a pyramid somewhere and show it works and show it's profitable and show, uh, level play excitement is higher than MLS. And there you go. You know, make MLS call you so to speak. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't, if it is forced on MLS, I think you're definitely asking for trouble. That's for sure. Yeah. All
0: right. So let's move on from this. Anything else right. you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. Don't be grand. Uh, just, some goofy things. Uh, there was a video released by MLS soccer.com. I don't know if it was, or it was on their Instagram. So I don't know if it was an actual video they had on the website or not, but, uh, In it, they were asking about foods, you know, uh, what kind of hot dogs do you like? Uh, But the real big thing that grinded my gears was pizza. They asked Deep Dish versus Thin Crust. And two of the players that they asked were Tim Howard and Josie Altidore, who are Jersey Boys. And they chose Deep Dish for shame. For shame, Tim Howard and Josie Altidore. Jersey Boy, if you're from Jersey, it's Thin Crust, okay? And nothing better. This is the... We are in the pizza belt. This is where real pizza is made. Okay. That's all I got to say about that.
0: Yeah. I I live in Maryland. There is not real New York, New Jersey pizza here. Exactly. I don't know why, but there's not real pizza here. I have to settle for, which is probably not even second rate. It's probably third rate pizza. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know how America is excited for pizza because, like, the only good pizza is in this area. New York too. I mean, don't get me wrong. that. Yeah. New York is 100% a part of the pizza belt, but
0: you know, uh, it, it, you know. You know what the problem is? Is that they're all about Domino's and Pizza Hut and all those other ones. Which bleh. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Worst comes to worst, I will eat if I want pizza, and that's the only thing around I'll have like Domino's. But I, that's not what I want.
1: Yeah, yeah I. Uh, fun, this reminds me of a funny story. I used to be a leader for a youth organization called Young Life. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may not have. Uh, and there was, we went out to California and they ordered all this pizza and they gave it to the leaders to bring back to our cabins. They're like, they're like, Oh yeah, you get to go back to your cabins and say, Hey, we got your pizza. And like, it'll make you guys seem so cool. And we like the Jersey guys, like we took like one look at pizza. like, I ain't owning that. Hell no. I was like, I'll bring it back. But I ain't saying I brought it back for him. Somebody
0: gave me this pizza for you.
1: Yeah, somebody gave me this. Here you go. You know, I I wiped my hands a bit. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. all right. Uh, and I guess my final thing is Sasha question hasn't invited my hasn't responded to my barbecue invite yet on Instagram. Um I don't know. How come? Uh I seemed like a very nice guy. I told him he'd come over, I could grill some burgers, and uh he'd get to meet my dog, but he hasn't responded. I mean it's it's okay. Uh, you know, I in high school, I was used to this type of rejection, you know. Uh, I wasn't exactly the ladies man, so I get it. Uh, you know, you know, uh Jackie, Sabrina, uh, you know, Amy, uh Sarah, uh, you know, uh Patty. Uh, yeah, I that I would had to deal with it because of them. So, uh it's not that big a deal. Uh, I'm okay with it, but um you know, it's just uh, it's out there. It's out there. We're just letting everybody
0: know. Come on, question. Do the right thing. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Come over. Break bread with me.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, since Truman's not here, time for terrible team of the week, though. Um, so this week we've decided it is a three-way tie. Yep. Between Montreal, D.C., and New York City FC. Because all three lost by 4 nothing score line.
1: That'll do it. That'll get you on the terrible team of the week for sure. And
0: on top, and really, I, DC has to be like the top of these three because they lost to Minnesota, mm-hmm. who was on a three hundred plus minute scoreless streak, as I mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah. yeah, that that's pretty pretty brutal for sure.
0: So, I guess if if Minnesota turns their season around and becomes somewhat close to a playoff spot, they'll have DC to thank for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, that's it for me. All right. So uh, you can visit us once dot Metro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, throw a few bucks away. Go to patreon.com slash red bull rant and uh, support the show. Red bull rant at gmail.com. If you want to email us, nine, seven, three, three, four, eight, five, three, two, nine is the voicemail number. Facebook.com slash red bull rant. On Twitter at Red Bull Red for the show, at Doctor Stooge for myself, at PMacDA2 for Pat, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Last words for you out of here.
1: Uh, so this uh, this Saturday, uh, Sunday coming up. Take it to the blue team and win. And of course, as always, wait,
0: is thank some,
1: you, I, I said,
0: Wait, I said Saturday earlier. Is it Sunday? It's Sunday. Yeah,
1: okay. you, so no, you did so say that. I,
0: I, I did. Ignore me, folks. I should have realized by the 6 p.m. start time, but oh well. Oh well. Anyway. We'll <laughs> anyway, live. yeah. Uh, for Pat and myself, this has been episode number 234 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls.
1: Peace out and late.